The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 98 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilalbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those even the hospitals and confidence homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we celebrate two occasions, Mother's Day and the 27th anniversary of the President Royal House Branch Church. What a wonderful blessing to have a day set aside to pay tribute to all our mothers. 
We can truly thank the Lord for our mothers who faithfully serve the Lord, pray for us daily and teach us and raises her family to know and trust in the Lord. May the Lord bless all our mothers today. We also celebrate another anniversary of the President Rojas Branch Church located in the province of Cotopata, Mindanao, Philippines. We thank the Lord for Pastor Vespa Espera and Mrs. Marabella Espera, who have continued to diligently oversee the gospel work in the President Rojas area. Since being raised up as a branch church, a pastor, and helpmeet. Thank you, Pastor Espera and Maribel, for your love for the Lord and your faithful service to Him and the congregation, as you all press onward and forward in Jesus' name. To begin our music program in honor of all our mothers, the church choir will sing the song entitled Rise Up and Call Her Blessed, led by choir director Emilia Hahn, and accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Please join in and sing with our choir members following the words on your screen.
For the first music selection, the church band will play May the Good Lord Bless and Keep You, led by yours truly.
Our solace today is Emilia Han, who will sing the song entitled My Mother's Prayer. A precious are the prayers of the faithful, God-fearing mother, who commits her children's lives into the safekeeping of the Lord's hands. Emilia is accompanied by Christy Han on the piano, Sus Bass Marta being on the bass, and just as Sus Bass Evans Senior makes an Asano Senior on the guitars. For their second number, the members of the church choir will sing Mother's Day Tango.
Now we call upon the church orchestra to play a rendition of I Love to Walk with Jesus. They're led by Trusty Associate Emmett Sproat Sr., accompanied by myself on the piano, Iris Locke on the drums, Tracy Asano on the flute, Hannah Asano, Makana Asano Jr. on the cello, and Pua Asano on the violin.
Up next is a group vocal selection sung by Saints in Harmony. They have chosen the song entitled Gentle Words. This song is dedicated to our President Rojas Branch Pass of Vespa Vespera and family. May the Spirit of the Lord be upon you and shower you with blessings, pressed down and overflowing. Have a joyful and blessed day.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m on station KQTA-TV channel 515.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to these telecasts and support the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hunt Jr., who would bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you aware, TV viewers, that the name of Jesus is above all other names in heaven and earth? That's one way the Apostolic Faith Mother Church and its branches have lifted the name of Jesus is through their signs, situated above the rooftops of every lighthouse or main structure of worship which say, Jesus coming soon. In every telecast message and every sermon preached at our churches, we never fail to exhort the name of Jesus and its necessity in fulfilling the only correct, true, and complete way to salvation as planned and commanded by God. It is my heartfelt desire that today's sermon entitled, Mom, 
there is no substitute for you. We will lead and guide you to believe the gospel and reach out to Jesus. Our attention is being focused upon one of God's greatest creations. Her husband loves her and respects her for bringing his children into the world and caring for them. Her parents love her for the respect and honor that she has shown them. Her children not only love her for her unending affection that she has shown them, but also for her keen wisdom and understanding of their problems and for the countless sacrifices that she has made. Read Proverbs 31, 28 to 30. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Thanks be to Mrs. Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia, because it was she who was instrumental in making it possible for this second Sunday in May to be set aside as a day for paying much tribute to mothers, both living and dead. Many kindness will be shown to mothers throughout the country today. <clears throat> Gifts will be presented to her. Special attention will be paid her. Programs, sermons will honor her. And gestures of love and affection will be rendered to her. In other words, she will be pampered. And she certainly deserves it. The first Mother's Day really began in B.C. 4004 when the first man, Adam, bestowed the great honor of motherhood upon his wife in the Garden of Eden, whereupon he gave her the name Eve, the meaning of which is mother of all living. Read in Genesis 3.20, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Mary, the mother of Jesus, walked with God devotedly. Her heart knew his voice. When the angel revealed the marvelous miracle that was about to happen to her and how she would soon bring forth a child who was going to be the savior of the entire world, her faith and confidence in God enabled her to accept everything without question, although she did not fully understand the meaning of all which was told her. <clears throat> Reading Luke 1, verses 30 to 31. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. On one occasion, Mary accompanied Jesus and his disciples to the marriage of Cana of Galilee. The available wine was consumed, and there was need for more. Jesus was surprised of the problem by Mary. Read John 2, 4, and find that he responded, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Mary maintained her composure and remained undisturbed by his response. She merely instructed the servants, as written in the fifth verse, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. On another day, as Jesus was talking to the people, Mary and his brethren desired to see him. Jesus was informed of their presence. Let us read Matthew 12, 48 to 50, in which Jesus remarked, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples 
and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Mary, though an ardent follower of Jesus, was always in the background. However, she deeply shared the sorrows which Jesus bore and rejoiced in his miracles and his teachings. Eventually, the hour came that his life should be sacrificed. Many who had been active in his ministry and had followed him from Galilee now stood afar off. But there was Mary at the foot of the cross. So near was she that Jesus, before giving up the ghost, committed her into the safe and tender keeping of John, the beloved. Reading John 19, verses 26 and 27, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. In the Bible, we find that the final mention of Mary occurred on the day of Pentecost. She was present in the upper room, praying with 120 and waiting for the promise of the Father. Reading Acts 1, 14, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with the brethren. Mother's love is next to God's love, fathomless, deep, and strong. Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am and all that I hope to be, I owe to my angel, mother. Of all the testimonies and praises in history which have ever been expressed, I can think of none greater or more meaningful than the tribute Paul rendered to two mothers, the grandmother and mother of Timothy. Reading 2 Timothy 1.5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and the mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also the unfeigned faith which had been so much a part of Timothy's life was a faith that he had learned from these two godly women, a faith that remained with him throughout his life. It was this unfeigned faith which made Timothy the great influence for good that he was and enabled him to leave behind a legacy of that same faith to those who would follow after him. The poet Will Ross Wallace once said, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. George Washington was honored as the father of our country. His greatness was no accident. It was his mother who instilled within George the qualities of leadership, honesty, and faith in God. The sum total of these attributes made him the outstanding man that he was. Name them all, the leaders, the statesmen, the poets, the composers, the artists, the preachers, the great men throughout the ages who stand tall upon the hills of time, behind nearly all of them, you will find the influences of mothers who instilled within them, beginning in the earliest childhood's qualities, which eventually made them great. Often unknown and unrecognized are the mothers who molded the characters of the men who sought God's help in shaping the destiny of this world. Do you realize that mother is the world's most successful teacher? 
Almost everything a child learns in his formative years can usually be accredited to his mother, thus fulfilling God's word in Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is the mother who answers all his questions. It is the mother who teaches the basic principles which really count in life. The value of prayer, faith, and trust in God, honesty, and morality. The mother is in the most advantageous position to introduce a child to Jesus, who can be his savior, Lord, master, his best friend, his wisest counselor, protector, and provider. It is the mother who can effectively build a solid and strong foundation of values, never to be forgotten through all the years which follow. On Mother's Day, especially a great number of things are verbalized and written about mothers. But unfortunately, except for this one day, all is forgotten the remaining of the year. God has placed much responsibility in the hands of the mothers of the world, for it is the mothers who can make their own children faithful or faithless, powerful or powerless. When a child is born, there are two roads he may follow, the road which leads to God and eternal life, or the road which leads to ruin and destruction. Let us read Matthew 7, 13, 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be who go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Nicodemus, a secret believer in the Lord, came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way. He was a man in position of prominence, of power, and probably of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the earth did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness. But joy and happiness and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing healing all manner of sickness and diseases. Thus, under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus with this thought in mind. No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus, and Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To them, Jesus would say, you're seeking for satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. In John 3, 3, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, you may see many wonderful things in this world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven, unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you'll never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem, 
unless you have been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all their splendor, but you'll never see the land that is fairer than day unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house of many mansions unless you've been born again. Jesus said he must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Read in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost. Listen to Acts 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Remember, we had left Mary praying in the upper room. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, she too received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Consequently, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Peter informs us, in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is no name in this world comparable to the name of Jesus. Reading Philippians 2.9-11, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. This has not yet come to pass, but it will surely happen when Jesus comes again on the earth to rule and reign for a thousand years. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, mothers, especially mothers in the Lord, the Lord honors you. Not only on Mother's Day, but every day of the year, which is your rightful due, for no other person upon earth has so many important tasks to perform as you do. And upon no other single person dwelling on earth has so great a responsibility been placed than upon you. Therefore, young people, if your mother is living, treat her daily with kindness and tenderness, and above all, love her with your entire heart. Respect her and despise not thy mother, especially when she is old and gray. For the beauty of the old woman is a gray head. Paul instructs the children in Ephesians 6, 1-3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayst live long on the earth. To all you mothers who sometimes worry about being too mean to your children as you discipline them, I share this excerpt from an article which appeared in one of the church magazines, and it goes this way. I had the meanest mother in the world. While other kids ate tacos for breakfast, I had to have cereal, eggs, and toast. When others had soda and candy for lunch, I had to eat a sandwich. As you can guess, my supper was different from the other children, too. I wasn't alone in my sufferings. My brothers had the same mean mother as I did. My mother insisted upon knowing we were at all, at all times. You think we live in prison of some kind. 
She had to know who our friends were and what we were doing with them. A couple of times she gave us a rod. The poor bell was used more on our seats than in our holding up our grandpa's pants. Can you imagine someone actually hitting a child just because he disobeyed? We had to wear clean clothes and take a bath daily. She made our clothes ourselves, herself, just to save money. The worst is yet to come. We had to be in bed by nine each night and be at eight the next morning. We couldn't sleep to noon like our friends. So while they slept, my mother had the nerve to break the child labor law. She made us work. We had to wash dishes, make beds, learn to cook, and do all sorts of things. She always insisted upon our telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, even if it killed us, and on occasion, it nearly did. By the time we were teenagers, she was much wiser, and our life became even more unbearable. None of this tooling the car horn for us to come running over. She embarrassed us to no end by making our dates and friends come to the door to call for us. While my friends were dating at the mature ages of 12 and 13, my old-fashioned mother refused to let us date until the ages of 15, 16, but only to attend a school function. And that was maybe twice a year. Through the years, things didn't improve a bit. Our marks in school had to be up to par, while the report cards of our friends had beautiful colors upon them, black for passing, red for failing. My mother, being as different as she was, would not settle for less than ugly marks. As the years rolled by, first one of us and then another was put to shame. When we graduated from high school with our mother behind us, talking, hitting, and demanding respect, none of us were allowed to the pleasure of being a dropout. My mother was a complete failure as a mother. Out of the four children, a couple of us attained some college education, and no one was ever arrested or divorced. We did not engage in abusing our mates. My brother served in the U.S. Navy, and whom do we blame for the terrible way we turned out? You're right, our mean mother. Look at all the things we missed. We never got to march in a protest parade, take part in a riot, burn draft cards, or do a number of other things that our friends did. She forced us to attend Sunday school while we were young. We grew up to be God-fearing, educated, and honest adults. Using her methods, I am now trying to raise my three children like she did us. Today, I stand a little taller and am filled with pride when my children call me mean. Because you see, I thank God. He gave me the meanest mother in the world. Truly, a parent has no greater satisfaction than to know that his child takes after her mother. You are your children's pattern and ideal. Will your example fill your daughter's life with happiness? Will your son find the way of your footsteps true, guiding him away from the pitfalls of the devil, leading him onto the light of the Lord? Through Christian training, faith, and example, remember, following you are your children. These days of appalling juvenile delinquency, greater responsibility falls upon you, especially since you are the one who must fortify your child against future tragedy. You must teach him or her well. Let us read in Proverbs 59, the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he that loveth him that followeth after the righteousness. Bringing your children to Sunday school is the best. Leave them in your footsteps. Begin now. May be said of your child, as it was said of Jesus in Luke 2:40, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. We now focus upon our spiritual mother. Paul tells us in Galatians 4:26, but Jerusalem which is above all is free, which is the mother of us all. By faith, Father Abraham, when he was called of God to go out and obeyed, 
and went out not knowing where he was going. For he looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 12. For the foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now the church band will conclude today's telecast with an uplifting number entitled, Honey in the Rock.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.